Taking a breath in, taking a grounding breath out. For a moment, I invite you to imagine being gently placed on the earth as a conduit, the go-between Father Sky and Mother Earth. Breathing in, breathing out. And as you imagine the conduit between Father Sky, I invite you to reach your arms up to the heavens, to the cosmos, all the while rooting deeper into earth. Finding a place of center, finding a place of stillness, gently between the source of the divine feminine and divine masculine. Taking one breath in, and one authentic breath out. I invite you to come back to finding your place in all of it. Hi, it's Ryan. Welcome to your weekly dose of The Psychedelic Psychologist, where I invite my guests to share stories about their psychedelic experiences. We cover a variety of topics from overcoming addiction and severe depression to finding wholeness and spiritual emergence. Today's podcast, you're going to hear from one of my guests, Salma, where we talk a lot about reconnecting intimately to our culture, connecting to an embodied practice of integration through learning from the medicines Salma, it's great to see you. Hi, Ryan. Thank you. How are you feeling coming into today's conversation? Mm, I'm feeling a little nervous and at the same time, very honored to be in this space with you. Yeah, I know for you, ritual is super, super important as it relates to psychedelics. Has that always been the case? That's a very good question. I feel like since I was little, I really like to invite what I like to call magic into my life in so many ways. But it was until I started working with psychedelics that I realized the blurry line between ritual and the journey of integration. Yeah. And tell me more about, because that integration process and ritual brings it into kind of the fold of reality at some level, huh? Or concrete, there's an opportunity to do something with it. Yeah, I feel like rituals to me are acts, are poetic acts. So in order to mark that I am doing my integration process, I feel like I'm doing poetic acts too. So to me, both feel very similar. How did you find the invitation to psychedelics and what has become so clear within the psychedelic realm? Mm. 
Well, my culture is very open with the use of psychedelics from an ancestral component. So ever since I was in my history classes and I was hearing about the Aztecs and all these cultures, I always felt like, oh my goodness, they must be like really high all the time in order to come up with those amazing stories. So my history classes opened the door for me to think that there was something else than this reality, the way I knew it at that time. I was very open to to know more about substances that have been used over the time in human history. And specifically for your culture and the relationship you're building with it, have you found yourself more connected to your culture, more connected to your ancestors because of the medicines? Oh, absolutely. In fact, because I am a foreign woman in this country, the first time I took psychedelics, that was the first connection I got, how to reconnect with my roots, even though I was not in my home country. And it, it happened with, with mushrooms. I took them and I was transported back to the Aztec culture and to my roots and to the importance for me to reconnect with not just my, my ancestors, but also to reconnect with my womanhood. Yeah. And that sense of belonging to the land, even if this is not my land to feel that I have a place here, which I was not feeling like that for a while. And is there an emotion I see or hear in your voice when you talk about that connection to your womanhood, your ancestors, your land? Yeah, absolutely. It was so mesmerizing to me to realize that I needed to be away from home to actually feel honor and pride to be a Mexican woman. That's really beautiful. How do you walk with that? Speaking of integration and ritual, what are you doing to honor your land, your divine feminine, your culture? Well, now that you mentioned divine feminine, I I want to say that that was a big discovery that I have been doing with you in, in our sessions. I feel like you know, connecting with that part of myself was not always so available or so easily accessible to me coming from ancestral trauma and the fear of showing up in my fullness as a woman in the world was always something that created some fear for me. So tapping again in these energies and reclaiming them has been a big part of the journey. You talk about reclaiming them, and so you're coming into, in a way, a concert, a deeper relationship within yourself because of the psychedelic experiences you're having? Yeah, absolutely. That, that opened up my eyes to realize that in order for me to go back to wholeness, to go back to my true essence, I needed to retrieve that potent medicine of the divine feminine and, and start walking this path dressing up with yeah with that divine feminine energy and how are you relating to all of it when it comes it sounds like it's extremely powerful are you able to find ways to channel yourself are you able to connect to yourself i know your movement is key in psychedelic integration work do you find yourself doing any kind of exercises or activities Mm, absolutely. I have been doing that with dance uh, since 
I had a very powerful journey with, with ayahuasca. One of the main things that came up was the dancer inside of me. I have been repressing for so long, sensual movement, sensual expression. And it was through the dance that I started unlocking more of, of my body and realizing that my soul lives in this earth vessel. And what a tragedy it was for me to not be able to tap into that movement with more grace, with more authenticity, just because I was even in my own fear of my divine feminine and also my sensuality. Going inside yourself right now, as you say it, tell me what's coming up within you, what's coming up inside you. Mm. I will say like gratitude for being able to access to that power within myself. Gratitude for accepting my body now, which haven't been the case all the time. And gratitude for being able to dance and to move and to feel that divine spark within myself. Thanks to, to the movement, to being alive. You are remarkable in that expression and very clear, extremely vulnerable. And I can sense that it's also authentic in you. Mm. There's a new authenticity that's coming. And that's been quite the journey. And I do want to acknowledge that that has been possible thanks to this container to be able to explore. And as I say, do not fear discovering more new places within myself that I didn't even know they were there. Yeah. Wow. You, if we could pivot for a second, I appreciated you talked about mushrooms being extremely interwoven to you as well as to your culture. And as you also alluded to ayahuasca, can you tell me, are those specific medicines that you're using on a deeper level, do you separate the intention and then relate to the medicine? How do you choose what's calling you or does it call to you? Mm, I love that question. I do feel medicines for me are like teachers. And again, using this metaphor of going back to high school, some teachers were amazing and you will get the message right away. And some other teachers, you will be like, mm, maybe you are not teaching me the right way or in my learning style. But finding ayahuasca and psilocybin were like, okay, these, these are my teachers. I'm, I'm receiving so much wisdom and healing from them that I just want to cultivate that relationship. But they are quite different. You know, like the first time I took ayahuasca, I was going through, um, yeah, a lot of anxiety. I was very depressed. I felt very lost in my path. I, yeah, I was dealing with, with a lot of lackness of wanting to continue to live life in, in fullness. So I will say that even though I was doing mushrooms before ayahuasca, ayahuasca was that catalytic experience that really reminded me like, Hey, wake up, you are alive. You have one life here. You have an earth vessel, do something with it. You know, the shaking of my humanness happened with ayahuasca and the connection to my lineage, to my womanhood happened thanks to mushrooms. That's really eloquently said. I can hear that there's nuances and there's specific 
And I love the way you talk about the teachers, some being easily understood. And yeah, I know for myself, ayahuasca definitely shakes the vessel and puts (laughs) it to a place of like, okay, wake up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's not just like the forging or the um, intensity of it. It's also like this huge divine mother, at least for me, that's how I perceive her, that really like tells you like, okay, like this is not the path or like, hey, this is the path and you are not opening your eyes for it. I hear in your voice a reverence to these almost, I often allude to these two plant medicines as sacraments. Do you see a sacredness to this work? Is that, I know there's room for play, but are these two specifically designed as sacred for you? Yeah, I do, especially because I have experience both doing it in a recreational way, which I'm not opposed whatsoever. Recreational is part of like what I have been doing, recreating myself. But then I see that when I consume these substances with much more reverence or in a ritual container, my mind just surrenders deeply and I receive like deeper or more sustainable transformation in the journey. I love it. Can we talk a little bit about what you said, recreating recreational use, potential dance, potential movement, all mixed in with sacred and grandmother ayahuasca, psilocybin. So where are you in the space right now of what's it like to intentionally play or be sincere, but also have fun in this. Mm, it feels like a cosmic dance in a full spectrum of light, darkness, playfulness, seriousness, intention, and at the same time, openness for whatever comes and just receive it as a blessing or a gem in my story. And in your story, has it been some aha moments when potentially you're doing something recreationally or you think you're going to just kind of tap into something and then all of a sudden on the peripheral or the side you use the word catalyst or layer that you're just kind of like hey don't forget this mm-hmm. what do you do then when it's like intentional play but these kind of gems you talk about mm. Just remind myself that I need to breathe. Sometimes it's all so intense and so deep and so powerful. That I'm like, I'm only like human in this tiny earth vessel. <laughs> so just need to breathe, remind myself that even though it's all so cosmic and divine, like I live in this realm and sometimes living in this realm can feel limiting compared to the things that you can experience in the ethereal. Yeah, if we try to poignantly talk about it like we're doing, it sometimes limits the expression or the experience. Mm -hmm. Which is one of my biggest frustrations with psychedelic work, to be honest. Yeah, talk about that a little bit. Let's let's kill a dead horse here and express (laughs) how bad bad talking about it is limiting. Well, I think going back, that's one of the main reasons I love rituals so much because that's a way that I can bring back some of the ethereal into this realm and I still feel connected to the psychedelic world in a way that I don't have to be always taking the medicine to achieve that level of expansion or sacredness 
or even tapping deeply into my higher self. That's vital. The idea that we don't have to take the medicine to get to the place that we've experienced in the past and how that ritual can provide that to us is instrumental. Mm, yeah. And again, what can I do to honor these teachers without having to be sitting with them all the time? Yeah. Is there anything you specifically do regarding sacred altars or ritual? Yeah. What you just mentioned, I work with altars. I really like to use them as, as a tool to acknowledge the things I'm grateful for or calling in into my life, just creating a place for them to be and to unfold. What are you integrating right now? What's, what's on your table of cultivating what's newfound ahas? Where are you at with the realm of psychedelics? Mm. Well, to give back to myself, to give back to the community, to give back to the lands with my gifts, with my talents, with just, you know, being a presence that can model authenticity or invite others to to have deeper conversations and not just to stay in a superficial level, but to be like, hey, like we're humans here together. How can we really touch our souls and find connection, even if we may be completely different in backgrounds or stories? Right. The idea of being in different backgrounds and stories and also was did something unlock in you or did you have an experience to have this profound insight because it's very intuitive to connect with people to build community to see differences but also similarities what um has transpired to see that so clearly mm -hmm. well i feel like feeling like a foreign you know having an accent and being from a different country but then realizing that even in my own country i always felt like an outsider and embracing that, be like, well, if I am an outsider in my home country and I am an outsider in the place I have chosen to live in, then I have nothing to lose <laughs> when I That's... show up. It's like, I'm here. This is me. Like, you want to be human with me? Great. That's refreshing. The idea of just accepting the fact that we're all a little different and that we don't necessarily feel like we belong one place or the other in our home or outside of our home. Mm -hmm. Which is then also a realization thanks to psychedelics. Um, home is my body and I belong to my body and I can be moving around, going to one place to another, to different countries. But at the end, I, I live in, in this body. You only have this body. It must provide a deeper reverence of safety too. When I hear you talk like that, can you explain to me your confidence and security within that statement? Because it seems very reassuring. Yeah, I'm feeling safe in my body. It's something fairly new to me. I, as I say, I like living in Mexico and going through a lot of violence going on there. I never felt fully you know, free or safe in my body. But now, thanks to all these embodiment practices and psychological journeys, of course, I am able to, to really feel at home and at peace now. Do you sense it? Do you know it? 
or is it intuitive or there aha moments of, oh yeah, I'm safe. Or what do you tether to or anchor into within your security or trusting self? Mm. I would say it goes back to reclaiming identity to the gratitude and the admiration of the human body and how it works. It, it's divide technology behind our body and what we can do with it. Yeah. That divine technology is trusting it actually that it's, it's, if we're kind to it, if we're compassionate to it and in a way being acknowledging, acknowledging the specialness of this experience, not taking mm -hmm. it for granted. Mm, exactly. And to not lose our sense of wonderment. And it goes back to the inner child too. And these psychological experiences, how sometimes I feel like I lose the sense of amusement. Human experience can get boring sometimes. And then it goes back to like this inner child. How can we, how can I continue to be excited and experience life in a way that brings wonderment all the time, especially with the body? Like, yeah, I live in this body and sometimes I... I'm here, but do not lose that opportunity to be impressed by all the things that can be possible. Speaking about the inner child, do you get a sense that that evokes a sense of wonderment and awe? Because I know psychedelics can have that challenge, right? Is there's a lot of beauty in the world. There's a lot of chaos in the world, but it also brings us into that place that you spoke about being, oh no, we're back in mundane every existence. So. I really value you saying, remembering the inner child. Mm -hmm. What do you do to honor your inner child? Mm. Well, I have a picture of my six-year-old in the altar. I really like to put innocence in the altar and to remember that before being this grown-up woman that I am trying to work on, I was a little girl first and, and she knew the path. Even even before typing, <laughs> before I knew. Yeah, she brought us here, right? She, to trust that intuition. Exactly, and to trust and to follow the breadcrumbs down the rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> where where did the breadcrumbs lead you right now? Where what's on the horizon? Hmm. To continue to make more altars to honor life, to honor nature, to be in love of the journey of integration as, as a path to go, not only go back to wholeness, but to also experience humanness in a more profound way. Does wholeness for you, are you speaking about the body, mind, and spirit? Are you speaking, tell me a little bit about how you personally divine wholeness and look at that. For me, for me, wholeness is stepping deeper into my soul's blueprint and to be able to not fear what comes up and just show up the way I am. Yeah. Yeah. So trusting what's next and trusting what's here. Mm, exactly. Thank you. Thank you, Ryan. What kind of patience does that hold for somebody that's ever wanting to explore and i can imagine if i put myself in that position i hear your laughter 
what kind of patience does one have to have for that seeking wholeness? Well, I think that's exactly the teaching and the lesson. How can I remain patient even when, when I want to know what's next, when I want to keep moving and exploring? It's like, can you just be here now with what just came up and, and digest that? Like sometimes I feel I want to eat <laughs> all these teachings and all these lessons. And it's like, well, there's no more room and space for that if I'm not processing or digesting them first. So there are moments of stillness and patience and deep listening before moving into the wildness of the human experience. That's um, super enlightening because for me, I talk always about integration being the idea of how we can digest it rather than just consume it. And especially in the world we live in now with the digital age and the ever desire to catch up, keep up and keep, you know, biohacking or whatever. It's refreshing for you to say, I, I need to sit and digest this. There's an infinite amount of wisdom I could be ignoring if I keep trying to eat it up and go at it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and also to honor, there's not just the digesting process, but also the composting. Uh, yeah. What is no longer serving me? What is getting old here? What is stagnant? So I can just give it back to the land or in my world and even, and compose that so new, new teachings, new experiences can be created. Where do you see yourself going? What, what's on the mystery of psychedelics next? What, what do you see is on the threshold for your psychedelic experiences? I see myself continuing to be brave in honoring life, in really Sticking to loving life. I feel I, I was living with a really like deep reverence for life, my own life. But now I I feel there's a new spark inside of me that really wants to to do something with my life. Yeah. Salma, it's been a deep honor and I'm so grateful to hear your story. Thank you for letting me participate with it. And you have been key and instrumental, Ryan, in this journey of self-exploration, healing, and to really take the risk of following my soul as, as this compass. Psychedelics offers us a wonderful opportunity to often connect with our ancestors, and specifically a deeper appreciation of our culture. It's a personal journey that everyone deserves to have. By doing this, it also invites a deeper appreciation for the embodiment, the honoring, and the expression through psychedelic integration in the here and now, all the while remembering to be gentle. <laughs>